gripe I have with you is destroying Wawa. This! Who else is gonna pay you this kind of money? And who else needs you that bad? The contracts are getting too out of control. It. The guy is such a loser. The Couch Guy Sports Podcast. He holds onto that ball. They have another play. They win the game. With Nick Qualia. At one point, you have to go, okay, this isn't working. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's Jared Scally. You guys have, have a terrible coach guys. and a terrible quarterback. You guys can all screw and figure out how to be a real organization. I can't even be mad. Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode number 98. Nick Qualia back with the normal co-host, Jared Scally. Uh, Jared, I don't know if you actually listened to last week's show. Uh, Connor and I were giving you shit for being on your honeymoon. Uh, just do your fuck. Just do your the podcast from Cabo. Where were you? Not Cabo. Where were you? St. Lucia. St. Lucia. It's the same place. On a beach, you were the last thing on my mind. That's I was sitting. You Snapchat me every day. I was sitting by a pool with a drink in my hand or on the beach with a drink in my hand in 85-degree weather and sun. So, no. I forgot that you still had to go on your honeymoon because your wedding was, what, in August? Wedding was August. Wife's a teacher, so had to wait. Wife is a damn teacher. But we got a good show for you guys today. We got Jared Weiss from The Athletic on the show. Uh, Great interview. We basically confirmed that Kevin Durant is coming to the Celtics. Um, I'm just kidding. So if you making stop, headlines, beep, 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 if you stop, <laughs> if you stop listening before <laughs> for the interview, that is, we talk about. Okay, I'll say this: we talk about Kevin Durant, the possibility of him signing with the Celtics this off season. We also talk about Kyrie and the Celtics beating the Warriors last night, 128-95. Uh, Gord Hayward had a freaking game. But we're going to talk about that, too. Me and Jared are going to talk about that separately from the interview. And we're also going to talk about the Red Sox pitcher who got suspended today, day of recording, Wednesday, March 6th. Uh, Stephen Wright, knuckleballer, suspended 80 games for a PED violation. So before we get to the interview, let's get to the weekly dump. Red Sox knuckleballer Stephen Wright has been suspended 80 games for violating the league's PED policy. This is Wright's second suspension in two years. His last year he served some time for domestic violence where he did not actually hit his wife. I saw people call him a wife beater today when this news broke. He did not actually hit his wife, so let's get that shit out of our mouths. He did not hit his <laughs> wife. It was a call. Well, I'm not. I, we talked about this last year when it happened. It was a call. There was They were angry at each other, but he did not put a finger on his wife according to Stephen Wright. Uh, he was still suspended last year for that. For that, Wright says he is unaware of how the substance got into his system. The Red Sox also had this to say as an official statement. The Boston Red Sox fully support Major League Baseball's joint drug prevention and treatment program and its efforts to eliminate performance-enhancing substances from the game. While we are disappointed by the news of this violation, we will look to provide the appropriate support to Steven at this time. Going forward, the club will not comment further on the matter. Bruins winger Marcus Johansson has been diagnosed with a lung contusion after being lit up last night against the Bruins game against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Bruins also, speaking of, the Bruins also are now on a 17-point uh, point streak. The Bruins have gotten a point in 17 straight games. The Bruins have been on absolute fire. Jared, we had a little Bruins minute last. We haven't talked about the Bruins much this year. I had a little Bruins minute last week because at this point, you kind of have to talk about these guys. They are. Well, they could win the Stanley Cup. So They're on fire. The team is on fire. Uh, actually, I was talking to Lauren earlier, too, and she said this during the uh, 17-point streak. Halak is 4-0-2 in his last six games, and Rask is 14-0-3 since December 29th. One of the biggest parts about this team's success this year is the goalies and how good they've both been. And, but, I've, been, and I've been a big person who's like been on the trade Rask train for a while. Um, I, I still don't know if he can win a Stanley Cup for you, but he, I will admit that he's played like out of this world. Well, he, he, he's done this every year. He goes into a, an insane hot streak, and then he cools off. So we'll see, but the team is the team has been playing unbelievable. Back to Marcus Johansson, though. Didn't mean to get off of that. Uh, Marcus Johansson, the lung contusion, he will be re-evaluated uh, in one week. He did stay in the hospital last night at MGH, I believe, and he was released today after being uh, watched overnight. 
The Steelers are saying that they expect to have a deal done for Antonio Brown by this Friday. The Cleveland Browns have cut former Patriots linebacker Jamie Collins. And then R. Kelly sent a big video going around from his interview with CBS this morning. R. Kelly, so we all know about what's going on with R. Kelly going to prison for being a douchebag, <laughs> for being a dickhead, for being scum of the earth. He basically cried today on television, freaked out, looked to the camera, tried to tell everybody that he didn't do it. Listen up, R. Kelly. This has been a known thing for years. If this is, so R. Kelly, why are we just hearing from you now that this isn't a thing? Like, this has been a rumor about you for years. I'm sure you've said things here and there, maybe. It's probably leaked by him. Like, he did it. <laughs> but what, are, what are we doing? And then he said, I just saw this as a quote, so I didn't look into this. He also said that the parents of the girls sold the girls to him. Okay, R. Kelly, if that's the case, are you accepting them? Are you buying them? Are you saying yes? Come hither. Come hither now. What? R. Kelly is a monster. That guy's got to go to jail. He's got to get his ass kicked in jail. F you, R. Kelly. And then last, some sad news. Alex Trebek, longtime Jeopardy host, has been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. What is uh, it? Fuck cancer? Or fuck please? cancer. Fuck cancer. He seems to be uh, pretty high spirits about it, uh, as he would be. But he's the one who broke the news himself. He didn't want it to get out any other way. So Alex Trebek, very sad, but he has been diagnosed with cancer. All right, guys, right here we're going to get into the Jared Weiss interview. Again, Jared Weiss of The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter, at Jared Weiss NBA. Covers the Celtics and NBA for The Athletic. Here we go, Jared Weiss. All right, welcome in Jared Weiss of The Athletic, where he is a Celtics and NBA reporter. Jared, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Yeah, I mean, we got, uh, we got plenty to talk about with the Celtics right now. Because this team makes me want to blow my friggin' brains out. Um, so, obviously, last night... Okay, so I'm going to start off with this. Last night, I'm pissed because it's one of the few games I've missed this year. I was... Uh, 10.30. I mean, we have to do away with these time zones. Way too late. I couldn't watch <laughs> the game. I wake up, and they won, which I'm flabbergasted. I see Gordon Hayward is scoring 30 points. So, like, what is this basketball <laughs> game that I missed last night? It makes no sense. So I kind of I want to roll with that. The Celtics have obviously had an up and down year all year. They beat the Warriors last night, one twenty-eight to ninety-five. Gordon Gordon Hayward has a huge game. Do you? What's your general overall thoughts about last night's game? Do you think that last night's game could be a turning point for the season for these guys, or do you still have to see more before you can expect more out of this team for the rest of the year with their track record that, that they've had in two thousand eighteen? Oh, God, no. There ain't no one-night turning points anymore, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel like this question prompt has been used a thousand times this year, and I, I don't mean it as a criticism. I mean, like, they've gone through this cycle so many times. So, you know, the war, Warriors win is huge. Notwithstanding, Clay Thompson is out, but, you know, like, whatever. I mean, there's, you know, the Celtics have been downing on big wins as well throughout the year. That's a huge win. Uh, they took KD out of his game. Probably one of the worst games KD has had in his career with the Warriors, but like also give credit to the Celtics who defended him really well. Jason Tatum had a huge defensive game. His defense has taken a, a big step in the second half of the season. He's improved a lot. That's something that doesn't really get talked about because you know we've got like 30 other things to talk about with the team before we get to that point. Uh, but I guess Hayward is probably the first point that you focus on. He he just put it all together. It was just that night where he was in rhythm. Uh, I don't know if he was motivated because anonymous player who was probably Draymond Green last time said that he was a liability for the team. And, like, I get, I get it. Like, if I'm – I'm just going to assume it's Draymond Green because it probably was Draymond Green. And, like, I know Jeff Goodman, but, like, I straight up don't know who the source was on this one. And there are other candidates in that locker room for it to be. But let's use Draymond as an example. Draymond Green, like, he talks that talk. That, that's what he's about. And to his credit, he packs it up. Like, he's the kind of guy that's going to say that player is trash. Like I say, like that player struggling. He's going to say that guy's trash, and I think that's why he used the phrase liability because you know straight up Hayward when he is not on, it's it is kind of a liability 
because they're trying every single game. They're trying to get him to be like kind of an aggressive part of the offense. He's trying to you know, find his way. And like you have this guy who like still even this deep into the season is trying to find his way a lot of the time. But you just see like in this game when he is on, he's obviously an all-star and he, to his credit, I think the one thing, the two things he's done, done really well this year. The first is, is that his driving kick game has been good pretty much all year as far as the actual kicking part. Now, obviously, they want him to also be a potent scorer because that's what actually makes him effective is when he can do both in the defenses that nobody's going to do. But he's been really good at going over screens, finding the right pass, and continuing to play, which fits actually with what their system is at its core. So I feel like he's, he's been doing a good job of like really making the system work, and the rest of the team hasn't been doing as good of a job as he has at that. But, you know, at a certain point, you need him to actually score. And one way where he's been really doing it is he's been great at running out on the fast break this year. And I know his fast break finishing isn't where it usually is and probably where it will be next year or maybe later in the playoffs. But he sprints every single time they get a rebound. Him and Jalen Brown, and Tatum's good too. But those are like the two guys I think that stand out as guys that really try to race out into transition. And those are the two guys that I thought had the biggest impact on this win because they were trying to really push the tempo in Golden State, get stops, and then really get out there and run. And when they do that, that's when they're impossible to stop. I mean, Jared, they're, this team is a fist team, not really. I mean, talent-wise, they are one of the top teams in the East. But I, I look at this team and go, do you, do this, does this team have a switch to flip? Like, everyone's talking about, well, last night they showed it. They've had big wins this year just as much as they've had shit ones. Like, can this team just flip the switch come playoff time? Is that what they're waiting for? Because it seems like they figured it out, but then as soon as they do that, they lose to crap teams. So can this team, uh, with the playoffs right around the corner, just flip a switch and say, you know what, let's play together. We have the same goal and see where we all are after the season ends? I would say maybe the metaphor is that they have a switch to flip but they're wandering in the darkness and every time they flip the switch, the switch magically reappears on a different part of the wall. And the lights turn off again. Damn like it. That, Damn you like, switch. Like the, the goddamn switch keeps moving. Every time they flip it, all of a sudden some, the, the bad guy in the movie swoops in and you just see like a, like a, like a black cape, like whooshing. And then like it's gone. And then all of a sudden the lights are out and then everybody's in the dark again. So, yeah, that, that keeps happening over and over and over. And whether it is, like, quote-unquote infighting, which I feel like was quote-unquote because it was a lot of speculation trying to read from the outside. But it seems like the guys on the team now are basically saying it's not, like, they've been kind of admitting that there's been tension. There has been some infighting. So that's real, obviously, at this point. It's like we've pried, the media has pried it out. Now, the national media and, the you know, and, like, the outlets with their social media, which is not responsible like their actual reporters are, have done a, a pretty great job at taking what the reporters on the scene cry out from these players and then chopping it up and distorting it, which happened, like, with the Jalen Brown toxic quote where he was misquoted. And even on the broadcast, they chopped the quote to misquote him. And, we're, you know, it's, like, this stuff is, like, this thing, the cesspool of is going to cause tension all the way through. The only thing that's going to fix it is Kyrie has to score 35 points a game and they have to win all these games. And frankly, if they're going to win all these games, it's going to take everyone else playing great or Kyrie dominating. If they're going to, win, if they're going to actually make it to the finals, which is still in play, it's going to take both of those things to happen. And it's been, there's been a few, like a few uh, like epics throughout the year where those have happened at the same time. But they haven't happened as, at a sustained pace, and that's why you see, like, Milwaukee, who has that, like, a singular talent and a really cohesive complementary team around it. They have been performing at that level the entire year, and Giannis has been really consistent, dominating throughout the year. And while obviously Giannis is a more impactful player than Kyrie, it's still kind of the same idea of the star dichotomy around the supporting cast. That consistency just hasn't been there for Kyrie, and it hasn't been there for the team. Now, the biggest thing is, like, I, I look at Brad Stevens and go, how much is he to blame? Because, honestly, I don't think a lot of this infighting would be happening if someone, say, like Doc Rivers was here, just as an example, who has the experience dealing with egos, managing stars, so on and so forth. Now, obviously, we know Ray Allen and Rondo hated each other, but it didn't have an issue. They still went and won a championship. So how much of this do you, as a guy who follows the team and writes the, for the team, like, 
do you actually put on Brad Stevens? Because up until now, he hasn't had this many egos in one locker room. And now all of a sudden, he went from managing kids and college players to now figuring out how to mesh them and Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and these guys. Yeah, you know, I don't like I don't throw it at his feet, but yeah, he he has to bear some responsibility for this. Yeah, as the coach, it's his biggest task is to get these guys to cooperate. And you know, it's funny. Early in the year, I had so many people in the league tell me that chemistry off the court is overrated, and it's something that mostly the media sensationalizes because it's all that the media has to work with, and it's really all about what's the chemistry on the court. But, like, we've seen the spillover. We've seen the crossover. The, the, the distinct bright line between the two just hasn't really existed this year for this team. And maybe that's because of them having a bunch of younger guys and then having some, like, key veterans that are very headstrong people in Marcus Morris, Marcus Smart, and Kyrie Irving. Because don't forget, Al Horford is the senior most member on this team, as is Aaron Baines. Those two guys – are like the senior most guys, the two best defender, or like the two like defenders in the interior that you know, kind of like stonewall everything. And also, as a big man playing defense, you're also responsible for calling out what uh, you know, what the guy in front, of, like the the perimeter defender, is going to be doing. So those guys have so much responsibility, and they're the veteran leaders. And you don't really hear them saying much or criticizing much. Those are guys that very much believe in keeping things in house. Aaron Baines actually hates talking to the media. It's funny, for someone who has that big, bright personality, he never talks to the media and doesn't like the media at all, uh, but he's still an agreeable guy. Well, Horford, to his credit, is incredibly patient with the media, very open, um, but he kind of tampers down everything. And so you've had this kind of like two distinct groups of veteran leadership, and then the young guys, or the young guys are kind of like, for the most part, really quiet. Like when they do the pressers, they don't really say much. Jalen, like Jason, Terry Rogier, when they, when they get in front of the mic, uh, they don't really say – they don't say a ton. They're pretty quiet. They try to keep you know everything kind of close to the vest because uh, they know they don't have that kind of, like, burning gravitas. And then, you know, and then there's Smart, who's kind of the in-between guy. We're like, Smart and Terry are the same age, but, like, Smart has been, uh, has been a, you know, a key rotation player for five years now while Terry's kind of just coming into his own. So Smart, I think, is a, the guy that bridges the gap. And he, more importantly – is the guy that I think is like the glue on the on the court with his hustle and his versatility on both ends and his persistence. And I think he's the one guy on this team, him and Horford, who have like kind of been truly persistent in trying to put the team on their back the entire year. Horford had some injuries early on. But so, you know, Stevens doesn't have a ton of those guys to go to, really. It's been those two guys and then Kyrie and Morris to a degree. And I think that's where the volatility, volatility really comes into play. And, you know, Stevens, it's been a mediocre season for as far as him implementing his controls and so forth. But also, like, one, he's not, an, he's not an aggressive coach with his players. And two, he hasn't chosen a scapegoat. A lot of these teams, they fix these problems by having a scapegoat. Like, look at Houston. They decided to sacrifice Carmelo Anthony to the basketball god. Really <laughs> oh, like, they... They, they kicked his ass out the door. That was not fair. And, and frankly, I didn't think he was the problem. But you know that that works. That works. I mean, they've been they've been really good and lately great ever since they made that move. And those the teams that do that during the season tend to have a huge boost because they can they can say you know what we weren't really the problem. We can we can pin our blame on this guy and then we can all rally around that. And the Celtics haven't done that. You know they made the lineup change, but. Like, there, there isn't anyone they've really, like, kind of removed from the team. And so it's still this kind of tension there. And, I, I mean, this, this answer has been going on for 10 minutes, and I still haven't figured out how much I play Brad Stevens. So I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say 32% to put a number on it. But, um, you know, he I, – I don't know if Doc – I, I think if, if Doc was here – Doc would have, like, cut Terry Rozier or something like that. He would have made them trade Terry Rozier for nothing. But that's not the situation that they're in. And, Frank, and you know, they can't do that because they don't know what's they, – they didn't know what's happening with Kyrie, and now they sure as hell don't know what's happening with Kyrie. So they're just in this, like, extremely weird, delicate, transitional period where everyone knows that they're kind of in this limbo and they're trying to make the most of it. And, like, I feel like there's just so many variables – 
that make this not really a solvable issue in the way that so many other teams would be in a position to try to solve this issue better. All right, Jared. So they obviously got by the end of the game, it wasn't really an embarrassing loss, but it was, it was, it was tough to watch against the Rockets this past weekend. Then they go out and they beat the Warriors. Like I said at the beginning of the, of the interview, this team makes me want to blow my brains out. I have no idea what, who they are, what they are. So start of the season, it was basically, it was written in stone, basically, like this team is going to the finals. Do you think that this team has a chance to go through this postseason, actually make it to the finals, get through the Bucks, get through the Raptors? Do you think there's still a chance that that could happen? Or is this team as good as done, let's say, second round? Absolutely a chance it could happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this one way more brief to balance out my last year. <laughs> Absolutely. It, um, there's, like, there's no question. Like This team proved in this Warriors game that they can reach the highest of highs when they're, when they're on. And the, the thing is, like when they get to the playoffs, it's going to be a lot different than the regular season. Because when you're in the playoffs, you're facing one opponent. You're game planning for that opponent. Not to mention, that opponent's probably going to either be Indiana or Philadelphia. Philadelphia, they have matched up so well against uh, last year and then concluding this year, even once Tobias Harris was there, they still matched up really well. And that was a game without Kyrie Irving, which, you know, there's been so much talk about the Celtics record without him. Most people don't really understand how to utilize limited small sample size stats like that that are talking about it. Point is, they're better with Kyrie Irving, especially in the playoffs where Kyrie Irving is way more valuable. And Kyrie Irving's reputation has always been that he is better in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. And so, you know, when they get to the playoffs, he's going to be way more aggressive trying to score the ball, trying to draw contact, playing with passion, playing like everything is on the line, which frankly he doesn't do a lot of the time. And his his like intensity wanes a little bit here or there, and then playoff Al Horford is back, and you know Al Horford's been really good this year, but we know from experience there's another level that he hits when he gets to the playoffs. He plays at like a second team All NBA level most of the time, so just those two things alone right there, I think, are a huge reason why I would expect them to take a big uptick. And then Stevens has shown from experience that he is really good at making adjustments in scouting for playoff matchups and implementing those throughout the series and managing these series. And he's done an amazing job of, you know, for the last few years with that. So there's a lot of advantages I think that come into play during the playoffs that are things that just aren't really variables in the regular season. Um, okay. So this is a question that popped up after last night's game. I feel like it hasn't been talked about much. Kevin Durant, he's going to be picking a new team this off season. We know that him and Kyrie are buddies. The rumors are, I mean, they're rumors. The rumors have been insane around Kyrie this offseason. That Katie and Kyrie could go to the Knicks potentially. I don't know why you would want to do that, but could go to the Knicks potentially team up, yada, yada, play in New York. But do you think, is, is there a little possibility that Kyrie could bring his boy KD over to Boston? And that way we can get rid of all this, do you have to trade Jason Tatum drama? For Anthony Davis, do you think that there's a real possibility that Kevin Durant could end up in Boston next season? Because it's all hype, but after you see those videos of Kyrie and KD, you, you know, but palling around last night, Jason Tatum jumps in. Jared, I'm telling you, I like that look at that three. So, I, do you think there's a possibility that KD could come into Boston? Okay, this is really interesting. I'm I'm, I'm asking you asking you this genuinely. What prompted you to ask this question? Because I got myself really overhyped about Kevin Durant, and Chris Broussard said or dropped a dropped the rumor today that uh, his sources are saying that the and I know it's Chris Broussard, but his sources are saying that Kyrie and KD are leaning away from the Knicks. So that just got me a little excited. I don't know KD possibly coming <laughs> over to Boston. Well, so okay, I didn't even know about that about Chris Broussard. Yeah, he said I, he said I, that Kyrie I, and KD are leaning away from joining New York. Why wouldn't you? Okay. I'll, I'll tell you, like, you know, guys like Chris Broussard, Chris Sheridan, like disgraced former ESPNers, there's a reason why they're not breaking that much news anymore. They're not writing anymore. But they do know people, and they could have information, especially when it comes to New York. So what I was going to say is I have heard that there is interest in Kevin Durant because obviously it's Kevin Durant. Um, but, yeah, the front office, of course, are interested. 
And I think it was Ryan Bernadoni or Danger Cart, as we all know him. Um, he he actually he report he's not even a reporter, he's a writer, but he's such an amazing writer and analyst that he has garnered sources over the years. And he had reported probably a month ago that there was some mutual interest expressed, I believe, between the parties, or it was like maybe you said that like Kevin Durant's camp has expressed fondness for the Celtics. Here here's what it is. Um, Kevin Durant's camp is not stupid. I think Rich Kleiman, his business manager, and don't you dare say agent or you will be slapped in the face <laughs> by Rich Kleiman. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why they're so obsessed with that whole thing. His business manager, uh, Rich Kleiman, like he clearly there's like there's been so much noise about like he wants to be the president of the Knicks and he wants to be involved in the Knicks. He wants to run New York and all that stuff. Like like I mean Kevin Durant and him are partners and they're obviously very close. But like Katie is not going to just like screw over the rest of his basketball career to make Rich's dream come true. Rich is not going to be able to talk Katie into making that move. Like he, people ride Katie all the time. Like Katie is a very smart person, and even though he is way oversensitive about stuff that he shouldn't be because of how amazing of a life he has lived, um, like he's not an idiot. He's not a pushover. He's not going to get pushed into doing this uh, just because Rich wants him to. He's going to make the decision that's best for him. But hey, maybe New York is. But at the same time, New York has so many freaking issues, just like the Lakers do. And the Lakers, it's really starting to come to a head here. And the Knicks, they're taking a huge gamble. They have a new GM in place that I actually do have a lot of respect for. But he's still answering to the old president that's been around for 20 years and has allowed the, the administration to be complete. He's allowed ownership and senior management to completely destroy the franchise for years. And their owner is still in place. So, like, Katie and Kyrie have got to be looking at that. And they're like, why would we go to that? Especially because Katie and Kyrie are in two of the best-run franchises in the game from coaching all the way up to ownership right now. Like, these franchises are elite at every single facet of managing a team, whether it's Golden State or Boston. And, like, they're, they've got to be looking at New York, and they're thinking, you know, as badly as we want, it, we want the MSG life, we want to win championships first and foremost. I don't know if that's what Katie's motivator is at this point, but we know that's Kyrie's motivator. Kyrie wants his own title that he can say is clearly his, no matter how much he obsesses over the shot that he had to win the finals, which obviously was a game-winning shot and like deserves the accolades. But like LeBron James was the MVP of that team. It was very clearly him that was the one that earned them that title, even if Kyrie hit that shot. And so, and Kyrie knows that he's not stupid. So he knows that for him to really get up there into like the top 20 player of all time discussion, or he probably wants to be higher than that. He's got to win championships where it's his team. And if I think that, I think him, he's got to be honest with himself and look at it and say, if I go to New York with KD, I'm not really sure if they could even give us a team that could really make that happen. So it comes down to Boston. Boston's front office would love to have KD here. They can, they can have KD do an opt-in and trade the same way that Chris Paul did to get to Houston. Golden State would participate because otherwise KD's probably just going to sign with New York for nothing. So Golden State would get something out of it. It'd be really interesting to see if they could swap Gordon Hayward, which from a financial perspective they would probably have to do. So it'd be interesting to see if Golden State would want Gordon Hayward, where they'd be paying a, you know, a ton of tax, but they're already kind of stuck with the team that they have. Might as well get Hayward and hope that he goes from what seems to be good rotation player right now to potentially back to an all-star level where they could continue to be the title favorite with him kind of reemerging. Um, but it, it's a real possibility. I definitely think it is. I don't think it's the most likely outcome, but it's definitely something that's probably going to pick up a ton of noise in like May or something. Like that. Oh, you, just yeah. made, you just made Nick the <laughs> happiest man in the world for being even close oh. to being right. But I mean, Jared, if you're, if you're KD and you look at the situation and you have a sit down with the with the Celtics and the Hamptons, wherever you do, to figure out if it's some some place that you want to go. How do you say no to Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, and yourself? It's a much better offer than having Kelly Olynyk once sit next to you than that happened last time. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how, how okay, do you say Tom, no? Tom Brady is there. I mean, okay, let's bring Tom Brady, but Kelly Olynyk offset Tom Brady it didn't really count because Kelly Olynyk <laughs> way to the left, yeah. Tom Brady's way to the right, but like. Don't you? How do you? If you're looking to play with Kyrie and the Celtics come to you and go, okay, here I got Kyrie. You have Jason Tatum. We'll figure out the. We'll figure it out. Do you want to play here? How do you say no to that if you really want to play with Kyrie at the end of everything? Uh, it, I mean, it depends on whether he wants to stay in Golden State because, like, I, I would still. Oh, I'm assuming him, I would stay happening. in Golden State. I, I assume him. that's not happening, though. <laughs> 
I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, I've been hearing Katie to the Knicks for over a year now, and that's and all the other like more plugged in reporters than I are saying the exact same thing, and their sources are better than mine. So, um, actually, just, I just had another source that I really trust say that he's been hearing the same thing from like people that have been bona fide right on all the major transactions for the last like five years. So it seems like KD to Knicks is something that's been preordained for a while in the same manner that we heard the same thing that at least me and other reporters that are way more plugged in than I am. are hearing the same thing about LeBron to the Lakers like a year in advance. So, um, you know, like I, I think that's something he's had his, his mind set on, but you know what? Paul George is Paul George was a, like, he was a Laker. He was that that was something that he was clearly planning to do for a while and then it managed to not happen and that was a real shocker. Like that was the, the biggest upset I feel like in free agency in a long time because it was like everybody was hearing it behind closed doors that like that PG was dead set on going to the Lakers. Yeah. And it was even before he thought LeBron was like clearly a possibility. But you know, that changed and it just shows that this K D thing could change, especially with someone who's proven to be mercurial and temperamental and possibly waffling the way that KD has, and, you know, like this is a, this is a very unique person that we're dealing with in this situation. Although Kyrie, I guess is fairly similar in, in a lot of different ways, but like it just shows like Kyrie before the season, he was, he was dead set on joining and staying with the Celtics. Like that was his plan. He was going to do it. And then shit went down stuff. The conditions on the ground changed and, these guys, uh, these guys are going to react to that, and they're going to reassess. So I think KD is very much capable of doing that. And so if if Kyrie if Kyrie tells him I'm locked, like we're locked in, come here, and then we'll probably trade for Anthony Davis after that. Because it's like don't forget they are in not just like pole position to get Anthony Davis, but like if if the Knicks don't don't get Zion in the lottery, they like it's it seems like it's like a, it's basically just it comes down to whether or not. Danny Ainge is willing to part with Jason Tatum. That seems to be the only factor that would decide whether or not they're, the Pelicans would accept that trade. Um, otherwise, you know, I mean, there's other variables, but like it's pretty much that because the Pelicans already turned on the Lakers' pretty much best offer. So, yeah, did we solve that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That that second answer is is a lot not what I wanted to hear about oh. KD. I want <laughs> but think I about want KD oh. in Boston. But think about think about that team though. If you ever swung like Anthony Davis, Kyrie and Durant or whatever maybe on the same oh, oof. Oh god. God, that'd be fun to watch. Anyway, Nick proceed. All right. Uh Jared, thanks for coming on tonight, man. We appreciate it. That was awesome. It's been fun. Yeah, it was awesome. We uh we got to get you back on. You guys can catch Jared Weiss uh, on Twitter, at Jared Weiss, NBA, that is W-E-I-S-S, if you don't know how to spell Weiss. I uh, can catch all the Celtics and NBA stuff on The Athletic as well. Jared, thanks for coming on, man. We uh, hope we can get, be, get you back soon. Hopefully, possibly when KD comes and signs with the Celtics. I don't know. Maybe if that happens. <laughs> Say, just call me. I'll be on the highway somewhere driving and rambling incoherently. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. All, right. all right. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Jared. Once again, Jared Weiss from The Athletic, where he covers the Celtics and the entire NBA. Follow him on Twitter at Jared Weiss NBA. Again, thank you, Jared Weiss, for joining the show. Great interview. Jared gives very in-depth answers. He texted me. He texted me right after we got off. I, I thanked him, you know, for coming on. And he's like. I really apologize for the long-winded answers. It's just a bunch of high. It's a, it's just a bunch of highway hypnosis. He's. I was like, oh god, it's okay, man. Ton of good well, shit. That's well. That's 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 what I'm saying. If he, if he just talks to himself in the car, he should just call the show for recording the show while he's driving home, and then we should just record everything that he's saying. We should just play that. Do so. like a one A episode of every week. Just be, uh, you know, Couch Guy Sports Podcast. The musings. Ninety seven B. Ninety seven B. The musings of Jared Weiss from the highway. But no, Jared, great interview. Uh, the Kevin Durant stuff. So let's talk about let's let's roll into this and let's get our own thoughts on this. So, oh, well, okay, we're, we're, we'll talk about Kevin Durant mixed in with this. So last night the Celtics beat the Warriors. They smoked the Warriors, one twenty eight ninety five. Not gonna put an asterisk exactly on it. That was without Clay Thompson. But regardless, Clay Thompson doesn't make up that difference. I'm sorry. It doesn't make up, uh, uh, okay, math, 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 33-point difference. 
doesn't make up a 33-point difference. Klay Thompson might make that a closer game, but it doesn't make up a 33-point difference. The Celtics played out of their minds last night. And again, okay, so first complaint. Let's not have damn games at 10.30 at night. I don't care about the West. I don't. I don't. You guys can't You can't play before 7.30 at night. They're, at least playing, at 10, they're playing at 10 o'clock tonight. It's awful. At least, like, make the game 6.30. Okay? Make the game 6.30. Why not? 7. Make them 7. Make them 7. 7. Everyone, just, everyone should just be on Eastern time. Fuck time. Everybody should. Although, that would screw up the sun. I hate these people every time. And we're going to hear about it this week because... Daily Savings comes up this week. Oh, we got to change. We can't all be on different times. Listen, buddy, if we're all if we're not all on different times, the sun's going to be up and down at ridiculous times for everybody else. But anyway, so I missed most of the game. I watched the highlights. I saw some some comments on the game today. Uh, The Celtics played as a team last night, and that's the number one thing that this team's been lacking all year. All season long, it's been because my God. We have been watching this team play like trash since they started. And, and they've gone on huge win streaks before this awful streak that they've had after the All-Star break. They were playing lights-out basketball. They were playing great basketball, but I still didn't feel good about it. It wasn't pretty. It didn't look like there was team chemistry. Last night looked like the team that we thought that, the, that they were. They were having fun. They were playing together. Gordon Hayward put up 30 points. Jason Tatum was playing all-world defense, like Jared Weiss said. I mean, it looked like the team that we thought they were. So, I mean, Jared, do you think that we're going to see more of what we saw last night from this team, or is it going to be more of the same where they play great one night, then another night they play like ass, they play good one night, then another night they play very mediocre? I mean, what do you think that this team's going to be more of the same of what we've seen all year? I think the playoffs come, and they. I do think they flip that switch that we so talked about with Jared a little bit. Um, I think they find it, and they keep finding it. Because, look, like, last night was what Danny Ainge expected. Like, he put this team together to beat the Warriors. And poor and, Danny Ainge. Like, he's worked his ass like, off to make this team. Oh, 100%. And, like, <laughs> he used last to have a team of Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley. Nothing against Avery Bradley. And like in in Isaiah Thomas, a bunch of role players, and like he built this team, which should be a great team. Last night was what he expected this team to do all year: run through people, be a better a matchup to beat Golden State with or without Clay Thompson. Like last night was the on paper version of what the Celtics were supposed to be all year. If and it's proof that if Gordon Hayward is your number two player and he goes off like he used to, and he can figure this out consistently from now until the playoffs and then some. This team can still make a run as a five seed. It doesn't matter where you play if you can have Gordon Hayward play like that coming off the bench. Because against any other bench, he's going to do that if he can play consistently and go back to his all-star form. doesn't need to happen every game, but right now, I still wouldn't take a lot of teams over the Celtics in a seven-game series. Because, yeah, you might lose a clunker here and there, which they've done, but they haven't lost a couple... Cl- they haven't lost a lot of bad games in a row. So... Whether you play the Raptors or the Bucks or even one of the lower teams in the East in the first round, you're not going to lose seven. You're not going to lose four games to a team that's not as good as you. Okay, but you know what the problem is, though? If they do, if, if they stay at the five seed, they're not going to get any, uh, presumably, they're not going to get any home court advantages through the playoffs unless uh, some miracles happen. The only team that I worry about with them not being able to win a game on the road is Toronto. Toronto's a house of horrors for them. They can't win in Toronto. No, I, that's the thing. But the, Toronto also has to get there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But but as as far as this team goes for the rest of the year, I just don't I can't tr- you can't trust them yet. I mean, no, there was God, a no. great it was a great well, win. We last said that week. we said that a bunch of times like when they beat the Raptors, when they beat they've beaten the Bucks this year. They've beaten the Sixers every time they've played them. Like they're beating all the good teams but they can't beat the bad teams. The best so, well, the, the best thing is if they get the Sixers in the playoffs. Best I thing. pray. I pray they get the Sixers <laughs> in the playoffs. That's, right that's now, a, they, that's a quick right now, Do they have them right now? As of right now, I think so. Yeah, as of right now the Philly if uh, the Sixers. Phillies if the Sixers are Right, start from playing basketball. Hello. Baseball's almost back, baby. Let's go. If the Sixers stay at the four seed and the Celtics are the five seed, that's the first round matchup right there. Yeah, which I wouldn't hate. Like, whatever. You're not going to need all seven games to beat 
the Sixers. No, you're not. You're going to be four. <laughs> Maybe five. No, no, four. Four. Four is good. Maybe five if you like if you start resting people. But regardless, there's no way that you can trust this team. There's no way. We've seen it. It's it's been it's been a year long thing at this point. They started out in it, it, weeks were going by, months were going by. We were like, all right, this team's gonna turn it around, guys. Don't worry. This team is too much talent. Start of the season, it was how can Brad Stevens handle all of these egos? He's never had this before. Can this team mesh well together? They did this without Kyrie last year. If he shows up, is the rest of the team going to be like, listen, pal, this is our team now. There was, there was talk about chemistry issues. And it, I mean, like I kind of, I poo pooed that in the beginning. I was like, please, there's no way that all of that is going to cause that many issues for the team. And it turns out that it was all true. It turns out that it was all true. I just, you can't, there's no way that you can trust this team. There's like, no the, way like, that I can personally trust this team. Like, don't the Bruins have a better shot right now at winning a championship than the Celtics? Just yeah, like- yeah, but it's also it's also different sports where, obviously, but it's also different sports where, as in the NBA, it's, it's kind of the better, the, the team with the better talent wins. That's how the NBA works. The team but with the, the hot better, teams like, win in hockey. The hot teams win in hockey. I mean, the Nashville Predators a couple of years ago were the 16 seed. They were the worst seed in the playoffs, and they went to the finals. Mm-hmm. So hockey, it, your goalie gets hot, your team gets hot at the right time. You can go oh, all the King, way to the finals. That's how the Kings won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, exactly. But the NBA, it's a different story. It's a completely different animal. Yeah, and I, you have talent, so that's why you can flip a switch. But – the East this year is different than it has been because yeah, but don't you still think you're don't you think you're more talented than majority of the East on they, paper? They're they are on paper they're the most talented team in the East. Them in Toronto. Them in Toronto. I put you over Toronto. They, Toronto's bench is not nearly what the Celtics bench is. I mean, realistically, the Celtics. If you took their bench, you can make another. It'd be a low tier starting lineup, but you can make a starting lineup on a team somewhere. It'd be like the Brooklyn the, Nets starting lineup. Be, oh, the, the Nets, the Nets, the Nets are sneaky this year. That's what I'm saying. It'd be like a Brooklyn Nets star. I'm up cr- crapping on My days are over shitting on the Nets, man. We already got all their draft picks and their players. Like, <laughs> that's, we're pals now. We're all we're good. good. We're boys. We're boys. <laughs> but it's Paul Pierce from us. I have to be nice to them now. Like, it gave us a lot. There's no chance that there's anybody else in the, in the Eastern Conference that is more talented than you. But can this team mesh come playoff team? time can this team mesh for the rest of the regular season because i don't think i think you have to get a rhythm before you get to the playoffs i don't buy into this whole idea that you can just make it to the postseason and then all of a sudden you're the team that you that everybody thought you were i don't buy into that i think you have to get into a rhythm as the season goes on slide in they've still got the pacers twice like there's still tests left on this schedule oh i agree and but but there have been times this year where they won a couple games in a row we thought it was it so like this might be another time that we'll have a win a big game Oh, in a couple in a row, it's the worst. But, like, also you have to think about it this way. If you want to keep Kyrie, you have to flip the switch. Like, If you, you want to keep any, Kyrie, you can't lose in the first round. You can't lose in the first. You have to go to the Eastern Conference Finals at least to keep Kyrie Irving. You have to. You might You might have to go to the Finals with how this has been. Eh, I don't think so because I think if you go to the Eastern Conference Finals despite everything and he knows that Danny wants to make deals and get him another player, then I think it's you can convince him to stay. But if you if you go to the Finals, Kyrie stays. Like, there's no way around that. Like, if you get all the way to the NBA Finals with this crap that they've been dealing with all year, then he's going to stay. Because then, I, you play in the, then you're playing the Warriors, and you, you could probably beat them at that point. Let's move on to Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward dropped 30 points last night. He's looked – he's been – okay, mm-hmm. so, so back when Kyrie was out, Hayward was on fire before the All-Star break. He started yeah. to pick things up. He started to look like Gordon Hayward, sprained his ankle over the over the uh, All-Star break. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but uh, he sprained his other ankle, not the broken ankle. Uh, came back, looked like Gordon Hayward that we've been watching all year again, just, just a liability on the court offensively, defensively, the whole nine. Gordon Hayward dropped 30 points again last night, though. Do you think, Jared, that this guy's going to start picking it up as the year goes on, or we've been, ask, we've been asking this since we've been asking this since November. I know. Uh, last night he looked good. okay, but here's the deal. I, I think it's legit because before he sprained his ankle, he looked like the old Gordon Hayward, or pretty close to it, right? Like we were sitting here praising him, how good he was. He was taking control when Kyrie wasn't there. He looked like pretty much close to what he was in Utah. Sprained his ankle, everyone's on his ass again. 
and then last night he looked fairly healthy, looked like the old Gordon Hayward. Why wouldn't I say he's back at this point or very close to 100% if he's not there? Because until his ankle, he was on track to be there, and he was looking just as good as he did last night, if not better. He finally did it against somebody else besides the Sixers, <laughs> and it's now a point where like, I can genuinely sit here and go, I trust Gordon Hayward to play his ass off and not screw things up if his ankle is healthy, and it seems like he's gotten over that sprained ankle. I need more consistency before I say anything. It's the same thing with how the Celtics. But the, but the consistency the was there though. Like, look, it only it was for a couple sprained, games. But it was more than a couple games before he sprained his ankle. It was no. It was only. A, it was only a couple games where you were like, "Wow, this is Gordon Hayward. This is the guy who's getting paid thirty-one million dollars." But he did. He didn't do it. It wasn't sporadic though. He did it like for a few games in a row, and that's for all we asked. For. Yeah. But he no, hadn't done no, that. I yet. Need, he hadn't done that yet though. I need a couple weeks averaging fifteen. That's reasonable. Minimum, because that's like a number two. Yeah. I need a couple weeks averaging 15 minimum before I buy back in on Gordon Hayward. Between and now it, and the playoffs, he's going to average 15 a game. I can promise and, you. And look, I, I'm all in on Gordon Hayward. I think he will be back to, if not 100%, 90% uh, by next year. I mean, people, I think it's being undervalued. He's or here. He's not, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, so. he's he's on your team. He's This guy is on your roster. That is a fact. Definitely not a lie. But... <laughs> But by next by next year, I mean, I think I think it's being I I think it's underestimated how bad that injury was. Like we saw it on TV. It does, you can't you don't just bounce back from that. It takes a long time. Like Paul George, he was he's been very good the past couple of years. He had the same injury. We're seeing the Paul George that we used to see this season, and it's been years since he did that injury. Since he yeah. had that. Injury. Yeah, last year he was good, but he wasn't this year Paul George good. This year he's MVP level. Yeah, so I need more consistency before I say before I go any further with Gordon. He'll be Gordon Hayward next year. Rest of this year, I, I think he can be really good. I'm not saying 100%, but you could win a title with this version of Gordon Hayward if Kyrie's good to go and these guys play together. All right, last Celtics topic, then we're going to move on uh, to Stephen Wright. KD to the Celtics, real possibility, yes or no? No. Fuck no. you. No. Fuck yourself. He's not coming here. No, it's either <laughs> he's he's staying in Golden State, he's going to New York. Because he doesn't want to come here. If Why? he wanted to play in Boston, he already would have. He'd already yeah. be here. Yeah, well, that was before his best friend signed with this team or came to this team. Listen, if Kyrie Irving, because Ky, the, the conversation during All-Star Weekend, people were getting worried because Kyrie and KD were palling around. Kyrie straight up was like, this is my best friend in the NBA. Like, of course we're going to pal around with this guy. If Kyrie decides that he wants to sign back with the Celtics and we have an open max spot here in Boston. Kyrie has a, I think Kyrie has got a legit chance to talk KD and be like, listen, this isn't, this is not a different story. This is not the same story as when you signed with golden state. You're not going to get ridiculed for this. You're going to be the final piece of that puzzle that gets us to the NBA finals. The only way or gets us a, a, a championship. Like, I think that's going to be appealing to KD if he still wants to win, like Jared White said. If he's not joining a team who's already a juggernaut, he is the final piece of that puzzle that makes the Celtics that juggernaut, and I think that's appealing. But could you imagine a scenario where those two are on the same team, the two guys who hate the media, who don't want to talk to the media? Oh, it would be awful. Or miserable pricks, superstars in the NBA. Would them playing together change that? No. They're going to be assholes. They'll be assholes, and it would be miserable for the media, but that who beats that team? That's an all-star team. Nobody beats that team. That's And and from a Celtics selfish perspective, point of view, you keep Jason Tatum. But do you, though? Yeah, you go 82-0. and 0. You don't lose. Okay, but you have to think about it. Jared said it too. Jared, you, you don't you, lose. But you'd have to do a sign and trade. Then you, then you lose Gordon you Hayward. You don't lose. But then you lose Gordon you Hayward. You don't. You don't lose. You win every game. You never lose a basketball game with that team. That's Gordon Hayward healthy. Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving. No. Jason Tatum. Al Horford. Gordon Hayward's probably not here. Why? Because you have what? to trade money. If you're signing and trading Kevin Durant, you have to trade Gordon Hayward. No, you don't. Yes, you do. You have to make the money match. You're not going to trade out. At that point, you'll have room for three maxes. Hayward, Kyrie. How do you have have room for three maxes? You always have room. And then we'll trade Horford for Cousins. And now we're looking great. 
<laughs> Fuck. The, Fuck. the East East Coast version of the Warriors. Let's go. Boogie Let's is go. Boogie. Boogie does not win championships. That's a no. Golden State's not going to win this year because Boogie's yeah, on that. Yeah, Boogie's on that team. Hundred um, percent. Look, no, it's not. It, if you want Gordon Hayward on this team, you're not getting Durant because I don't think if you get Durant, you're not signing him outright. You're, it's going to be a sign and trade. Um, that's what's going to get worked out. That'd probably be the easiest way to do it. You're trading Gordon Hayward to match the money. No, no, no. no. Yes, you are. You ha- no. Who else are you going to trade? You're not going to trade Horford. It doesn't match. You don't have to match. The money has to work out. It doesn't work out if you and, don't. And it will. <laughs> you just don't, letting, want, to, you just don't want to. You I'm just don't want to admit gonna... that you can't have Hayward, Irving, Tatum, and uh, I'm not same letting team. you, you talk me that. out of this. I'm no, not it's letting too much you. Money. It's too much you're, money. You're not talking me out of this. The NBA is such a soft cap. Dude, no, it's not a hard. The, 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 the cap means York nothing. Next, uniform next season with Kyrie Irving. That's it. No, fuck you. The cat means seems, seems going to be Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford aging, Jalen Brown, Tara Rozier. That's the future of this team. All right, Stephen Wright. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. We'll go from one depressing topic to the next. You're not. You're not talking me out of this. Stephen Wright suspended from the from the Red Sox. Eighty games. A lot of people saying, "Oh, starter Stephen Wright." Starter Stephen Wright suspended eight games for violating the PED policy. He's not a starter. He was he's a vital piece to your bullpen. Is he though? Yes. He was consistent. He was very talented. Very good. You you trusted you trusted him coming out. Here's the thing. I don't think PEDs, he's a knuckleball. You think he? You think he's popping PEDs like Roger Clemens to get a couple miles an hour extra on his knuckleball? <laughs> probably, honestly, probably to get to miles an hour off his knuckleball. It's reverse PEDs. <laughs> to get get this muscle out of me. <laughs> take it out. Take it out now. Damn PEDs. Suck it out of me. I need to lose miles per hour. No, his he is not taking PEDs to gain power. If no. if he. I, a, first of all, he says that he didn't know. I never trust an athlete when they say that oh, he you, doesn't, you, they you, don't know. You, you knew you were taking PDs. I mean, people got to remember, he was coming back from a major knee injury. It's like Julian Edelman. Like, people, Julian Edelman knew he did it. You got, what I'm saying is, he was coming back from a major knee injury. A lot of times, these athletes take PEDs because yeah, it repairs Julian the Edelman. muscle. Faster. It Julian repairs Edelman. the injury faster. Well, well uh, <laughs> he tore his ACL. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, Edelman, I love Edelman. I think he's great. I wouldn't be shocked if Edelman was juicing just a juice. I wouldn't be shocked. Everybody in the NFL juices. That's a fact. Screw you, Tom, and your pliability. I'm just going to take PEDs <laughs> and lift weights because I want to gain muscle. He, he basically told Tom to go screw in Montana when Tom was giving him shit for benching. And Julian was like, listen, you idiot. I have to take hits. Anyway, so Stephen Wright, I bet you the reason he's taking PEDs is so his knee could repair quicker. Now, what this does for the Red Sox season is, A, for 80 games, he can come back in late June. Uh, for 80 games, they lose what I think is a vital piece to your bullpen. I think he's a very good long relief pitcher. The, the long relief pitcher is very underrated. and It's not used anymore. Underappreciated. No, if, if, if the th- that's what I mean. It's underappreciated because if your starting pitcher gets knocked out in the fourth inning, you all of a sudden need a guy who's going to go three innings, and Stephen Wright could do that because right, the starting Ethan Evaldi out there every time. He, because he was a solid starter when he was a starter, so I think that's a very underappreciated thing about the long relief pitcher, and that sucks that you're losing Stephen Wright. It sucks that you're losing him. You, you, you know who plays that role? No, Brian, Brian Johnson. BJ. BJ. Good old BJ friend. BJ. And Hector. And Hector. BJ and Hector, man, you don't Hector need Hector Velasquez. Zimmer. You do. I th- I think I think it is a pretty big loss, especially because the bullpen already kind of st- it, it doesn't stink. The bullpen's already very very average. Well, you're, you're gonna losing. Get, you're gonna get a new closer halfway through the year when Durbin comes up here. So. Okay, but still the the meet the middle between that what we talked about all year last year it's very mediocre. So losing Stephen Wright, I think that does hurt. I think that hurts the team a lot. But. Another thing that isn't being talked about a lot, the Red Sox, we assume they're going to make the postseason again. Great team. Stephen Wright's now ineligible for the, for the postseason. He can't pitch in the postseason. So you lose Stephen Wright in the postseason, too. When you get popped for PEDs in the MLB, you 
automatically are ineligible for the postseason that year. So now Stephen Wright cannot be on your postseason roster. Even if, if this guy comes back in June, doesn't let up a single run, your best pitcher on the in the in the bullpen, not eligible for the for the postseason. What are the MLB rules regarding switching jersey numbers and pretending to be someone you aren't? Who are you? Are you referring to David Price, or are you referring to? St- <laughs> are you just talking about Stephen Wright stealing somebody's identity? identity? Yeah, just what if he wears a different jersey <laughs> and says, Put, you know, I'm I'm Fevin Wright. Puts on a mustache. I'm just saying, is there a rule that says you can't do it? I mean, uh, the, listen, you can do it if you don't get caught. So what's the problem? Why are we bothering talking about PEDs? You just slap on a mustache, we're good to go. <laughs> I don't see why. See, Red Sox PR, love you guys. You guys got to get somebody in there who's actually thinking about these things. Oh, wow, this guy throws a knuckleball too? Oh, my God. <laughs> Do the uh, old Bobby Valentine effect. Just come, just come out of the dugout. He should throw a lefty. They won't even know. No one would know. The knuckleball. Who gives a shit? Um, no, but it's it's a big hit for the postseason too because again, I think it's invaluable. And I know Alex Cora will figure it out because Alex Cora is a god at this point. Alex Cora knows how to work that bullpen. He knows how to work that bullpen. But he knows how to put Nathan Evaldi on the mound. Losing losing a veteran presence in your bullpen and in the postseason that hurts i think this is not being talked about enough a lot of people are kind of just brushing this whole thing under the rug i think this sucks for the red sox i do i think that he could have been very useful this year in a bullpen that you didn't add a closer in you could have made him six seven eight guy now you don't have that this team is going to have to do something that they haven't wanted to do and they've refused to do is at some point get relief help from the damn market Dude, Big Dick Dave doesn't like it. Big Dick Dave doesn't do it. Well, because he doesn't know how to do it. He doesn't do it. He doesn't know how to do it. it. He needs like a building bullpens for dummies book because he doesn't do it. We've talked and we've talked about this too. The reason I think that they're not signing a closer is because I think they, I do believe they plan on Durbin Feldman coming up this, this season. Probably sooner rather than later, to be honest. I, I, my guess would be mid-June. Kids got gas. Kid, you know. Kid not throwing. the not the ba- not the baked bean kind of gas either. He's got smoking heat. Consistent ninety seven touches ninety nine, and that's only going to get better. If he becomes the closer of the Red Sox, I will buy a Durbin jersey. I might, but regardless, I think the Stephen Wright thing sucks. Shouldn't be taking PEDs, pal. Shouldn't be taking PEDs. Taking those reverse PEDs suck my muscle out of my arm. Losing MPH. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Baseball's around the corner. Baseball's in the air. I got to run 16 miles on Saturday. Have fun. I have to coach volleyball on Saturday, so I don't like it either. I'm so tired of the marathon. Don't say that. Nope, it's a good cause. It's a great cause, guys. Don't don't make (laughs) Scottrice.com slash Nick Qualia 2019. Six weeks, six weeks, six weeks, right? Six weeks? Six weeks, all of the money, guys. Crowdrise.com slash Nick Quality 2019. All of the money goes straight to Massachusetts Zionier Hospital. They do amazing work. We'll give you the bib number when he gets it. You can all track Nick. You guys can track me. You guys can track that ass while I run 26.2 miles. I'm hoping, dude, I'm so flat-footed. My feet have been in so much pain. I'm hoping that I don't have to saw off my leg. Go tw- old 27 hours, saw off my leg. Wait, what, what was the name of that movie? I don't know what you're talking about. The movie where he saws off his arm. Are you talking about Saw? No. <laughs> no, not Saw. The guy when some a rock climber gets his arm stuck in a rock and he's 100, 127 hours? 127 hours, right? Yes, when he saws off his arm. I don't, but I don't have to go 127 hours and saw off my foot midway through this just to finish. I'm so done with the marathon. I'm so done. But I'm ready to do it, guys. Let's go, April 15th. Also, throwing a fundraiser, Loretta's Last Call, right outside of Fenway Park, April 12th. This is the first time I'm, I'm announcing this. April 12th, 6 to close, Loretta's Last Call. Raffles, all of the covered charges go directly to me. Me, I will be there. I, Jared will be there. Pat will be there. I'm going to be there. Point, but they will be there. All right, let's wrap up the show. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode 98. In the books, guys. Follow us on Twitter at Couch Guys Sports. Follow us on Instagram at Couch Guys Sports. Like us on Facebook. 
Couch Guy Sports. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Couch Guy Sports Pod. Me on Twitter at Nick Quag. Jared, what's your Twitter? It's pretty simple. Jared Scally. There's an underscore in the middle, but yeah. At Jared underscore. Like, I'm supposed to just fucking know that. Hey, guys, go to the store. Buy things. Support Couch Guy Sports. We got or a if, lot if you don't want to buy anything, that's fine. Our Venmos are open. Yeah, just... me, and if you put the note for Couch Guy Sports, I will just put it in the Couch Guy Sports bank account. I promise. I swear. We'll leave you. <laughs> Podcast episode 98 in the books. Me, Jared Scally, Pat Schofield. We'll talk to you guys next week for episode 99. Thanks for listening.